The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bear down, Bears fans. It's time for another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast, Bears Banter, powered by Windy City Gridiron and SB Nation. Bill Zimmerman with you, and we are just footsteps away from NFL free agency. Next week is going to be very exciting, very interesting, because this isn't just regular free agency where we'll see what the Bears do. This is Ryan Poles' first free agency, so... Not only are we going to see how, you know, the short-term fixes and what he wants to do with the roster for this season, we're going to get a glimpse into the, the brain of Ryan Poles. You're going to be able to extrapolate some things from these signings about what he's prioritizing. You think it's going to be offensive line and maybe some weapons around Justin Fields, but what he's prioritizing, what kind of attributes he's looking for in his roster and his players. Is he going to be speed-focused, you know, offensive line? How is he going to focus there? How is he going to shape this offensive line we're going to find out a lot of different things so next week and the week after going to be very exciting for chicago bears fans that really kind of want to know what ryan poles is bringing to the table adam rank from nfl.com nfl network fantasy expert big bears fan you know the adam rank this the sick podcast he's joining us here in a little bit we're going to dive into a ton with adam Really looking forward to that, and we're going to kind of get his his thoughts on free agency. Maybe we'll poke around a little bit in the draft. Still think it's a little early to, to dive in the draft, but look, we know some of the, the spots the Bears need to focus at, and I am confident in rounds two or three, the Chicago Bears will be taking a wide receiver. They have to. It's just, I know you don't like picking for position like that, and I certainly don't want them where they feel they have to pick a wide receiver in round two, but you know, a lot of depth in those mid rounds that they should be able to get. They don't have that fourth round pick. So curious to see about kind of wide receiver there. I don't know if we'll, we'll focus big picture draft, but, but a lot of, a lot of interesting things there. So, you know, when we get into NFL free agency here, and we looking at the Chicago bears, let's start with the offensive line because Ryan Poles was an offensive lineman. Ryan Poles has said offensive line is his focus. If focus is Ryan Poles is off, if, if, if the offensive line, sorry, is the focus for Ryan Poles, then that means Ryan Poles wants to put his stamp on this offensive line. He wants to make it his. 
And I'm pretty sure I've said this in previous podcasts, but I stress that because of James Daniels. Free agent, James Daniels, arguably the best player on that offensive line last year. So it does make sense to potentially re-sign him. But is the first move, let's think about this, not from what James Daniels brings to the table, but let's again try and go inside the mind of Ryan Poles. The first move that Ryan Poles does to reshape the offensive line into his image is to re-sign one of Ryan Pace's draft picks. I don't know if that's going to happen. I have serious doubts, serious doubts, if that's going to happen. I don't think Ryan Poles is going to re-sign James Daniels because he's going to look for guys that are his guys. He wants to make that his offensive line. I think GMs, I don't think people talk about that enough. When a new GM comes in, they want to make the roster theirs. They blow out a ton of guys on the roster, even some surprise guys on the roster, because it's not their roster. You know, they'll find the, the big guys, the Roquan Smiths, the Jalen Johnsons, you know, you know, potentially Darnell Looney, obviously Justin Fields, and they'll they'll want them around, right? You know, those are guys that any GM would want. But those mid-level guys, those that's especially where a GM wants to put his own stamp on the roster. So from an offensive line perspective, you know, what exactly can Ryan Poles do immediately? You know, I think looking at this, Larry Borum, he's obviously going to get an opportunity. He's got three years of control left, so you're not just going to blow out Larry Borum. I don't know if Ryan Poles is going to look at him as a, you know, fifth-round pick who was good. I, uh, You know, Borum was better than I expected him to be as a rookie, but he certainly had some issues I don't know if he's going to look at him as a staple of his offensive line. I think he might see Larry Borum as a spot starter, you know, solid sixth offensive lineman type. That's my guess. You know, Tevin Jenkins obviously is going to get every opportunity to become, you know, to grow and become a staple in this offensive line for a decade. I don't think he's just going to get rid of Tevin Jenkins. We'll have to see if Tevin Jenkins stays healthy moving forward. But beyond that, Cody Whitehair, I don't think it makes a ton of sense to cut him. I suppose they could post June 1st him, but I think Cody Whitehair, you can't build an offensive line from scratch. So I think Cody Whitehair is going to be back next year, but I don't think Cody Whitehair is going to fit into Ryan Poles' plans long term. So I think he's going to look at offensive line and he's going to, you know, look at where he can get some solid value and he's going to look at, you know, what free agents he can grab that, you know, may not be able to break the bank, but look, offensive linemen, as we know, are expensive. And, you know, you can't just go out and build an offensive line. You, you know, you know, Jermaine Effetti, they gave him $5 million last year. Jermaine Effetti. So when you think about players like now, I don't know if Effetti needed $5 million, but when you think about players like that getting that kind of money, you know if you're going to get free agent offensive linemen, that could be an impact minimum you got to spend seven eight million probably more 10 12 maybe 15 million what what can they do there can they grab someone like brian allen is brian allen an opportunity for them in the free agent market could they go something like taron armstead i like armstead armstead is a great tackle you know you don't get that level of talent as a free agent it just doesn't happen but Armstead's north of 30. Armstead has had some health issues the last few years. So you're going to commit, you know, 20 plus million a year, you know, let's say four years, 85 million for a guy like Armstead. 
and you don't know how many games you're going to be getting. I'm a big fan of Armstead. I, I like that direction to go. If they're going to try and break the bank on an offensive lineman, roll the dice on him. You're probably going to have to guarantee him two plus years, maybe even three. But that's that's kind of where I see the the offensive line going. I think you know we're going to see some changes here. We're going to see a couple starter level free agents signed along that offensive line, so uh, Poles can start molding that into his own offensive line. Wide receiver we know is another. It's Darnell Mooney and nothing. Daz Newsom is technically the number two wide receiver on the team right now. We don't even know if Daz Newsom is going to make the roster. They have a lot to do along the off, uh, along wide receivers. They're going to have to sign a couple guys. I hear a lot of people say, bring up a name like Christian Kirk. I don't know if Kirk's going to leave Arizona. Amari Cooper, that's another one Bears fans are desperate to try and get, get in on. We'll see what happens with Amari Cooper, whether he gets traded or he straight out hits the free agent market. And then, you know, MVS, that name keeps coming back to me. You know, I, I, I'll tell you what, if they're going to give MVS, what, 10, 12, 13 million a year for something that I don't think is any better than a wide receiver three, I'm going to have serious concerns about that decision. I don't like that decision, but again, I don't know what they can do at wide receiver. You know, you've got Mooney, okay. You're gonna have to sign two free agents probably and draft someone in the mid round, second or third round to try and, and they just have nothing left there. That was just something that was just absolutely awful last year. They got nothing from Burr. They got nothing from Goodwin. Allen Robinson, worst season of his career. He checked out clearly at the beginning of the season. He didn't wanna play on the tag. Uh, but he signed the tag, so, you know, that's on him. So they've got a lot to determine there at wide receiver, and they've got a lot to determine along the offensive line. But then beyond that, you're looking at the defense. They've got a lot of holes on the defense. They can fill their linebacker holes without breaking the bank. I don't think they're going to go out and go grab Bobby Wagner. I think they're going to grab a couple short-term fixes until they can figure that out. There's always safeties to be had on the market. I think they'll grab a safety that they think will fit into the into the Eberflus defense. And then we have to see what they do at corner. They need a much more viable CB2 out there next to Jalen Johnson. Curious to see what they do there. So a lot of questions to be answered here throughout the month of March here as Ryan Poles dives into his first free agency as Chicago Bears general manager. We're going to talk about all that with Adam Rank next. This is Bears Banter, Bill Zimmerman. Be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com. 
All right. Very excited for our guest this week. You all know him very well. Not only is he a staple on NFL Network, a fantasy expert, but he is a huge Chicago Bears fan as well. He is Adam Rank at Adam Rank on Twitter. He is the sick podcast with Adam Rank as well. Adam Bill Zimmerman, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. I uh, just to pull back the curtain for a lot of people here. Uh, we've been trying to get this together for quite some time. And yet, you know, uh, through some hurdles and some uh, other issues, we finally are able to do it. So uh, it is my absolute pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's been uh, <laughs> it's been uh, something in the works for, for quite a while and obviously a lot to get to with the Bears. But before I do, I actually want to ask you about the sick podcast that, mm-hmm. that, that you're doing and, and, and doing Chicago Bears stuff. Uh, I, I think it's great. And the one thing that you're doing that I think is very cool is you're you're giving opportunities to, to people and, and Bears fans on social media, on Twitter, that, that have a lot of really good content that maybe, you know, Bears fans don't, don't know about and giving them a platform. So I, I just want to kind of ask you about that and where, was, where did that idea come from and, and, and how has that been going? Oh, thank you. Uh, that's very nice of you to say. Yeah, that is one of the things that we've done with the SICK podcast is reached out to a wide variety of people to bring on from different backgrounds. And it's funny because every guest, somebody bears fans are so particular. They're like, we don't like this person like this. This is, you know, and for whatever reason, but I, you know, it's just one of those things. Like I enjoy trying to reach out to as many people as possible, give them an opportunity, you know, some of the, I don't want to say smaller sites, but there's guys and and men and women who are doing some great things out there. So I think this is a good opportunity to give them a little bit of a platform, a little bit more exposure. One of the cool things with me or what I try to do is realize that I don't think that there, I don't look at anybody else in the Chicago bears sports casting world is an adversary. I think that there's room for everybody, you know, and, and we joke about this, you know, some of the guys who I'm closer with, like the guys on the tape, never lives network bear down cause, and some of the other Brian Perez and all these guys is just kind of be like, Hey, we should make like a master schedule or something. So everybody can just kind of like, Hey, you know, like when's like, I honestly, like, this is the God's honest truth. Like I won't go on Wednesday nights and go against uh draft Dr. Phil. And I know that Mikey goes on Wednesdays a lot too. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to go against you guys, but at the same time, I still want to give everybody an opportunity who wants to come out and hang out. I know that we had Shane, uh, the smartest man in the room, on a couple of nights ago or a couple of weeks ago. And it was his first opportunity because Phil always cuts him off. So it was his opportunity <laughs> to go out there and actually talk for a change. So it's been fun. And so that's what, uh, what we'll continue to do. I, I know that we will eventually start getting into the wheelhouse of like perhaps bringing in some of the former players. We did have Alex Brown on. So it's not like we haven't avoided, like we have avoided the former players or anything like that. But yeah, I did want to, I did want to kind of reach out and see, you know, some of the, some of the people that I enjoy on Twitter, uh, Alyssa was great. Uh, Kayla, Kayla Burton came on with us. Like she was awesome. She's not necessarily a bears person, but you know, bringing on some people and, uh, just trying to give them an opportunity to come out and speak. Yeah. It's, it, it's very cool. If you, if you haven't checked it out yet, you know, just go to Adam's, uh, main page on Twitter at Adam rank, and he's got a link there and you can check out all, all the previous episodes, but, uh, you know, want to, want to pick your brain on a lot here and, you know, let's rewind the clock a little bit. I want to mostly focus on free agency, but you know, what's your opinion on, you know, the, the off season in terms of Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus? Do you, did you love those signings? Like them? Are you questioning them? Where were you with those two moves? 
You know what? I never really questioned it too much. Um, it was kind of what I wanted to, uh, to have happen. I kind of wanted to, um, you know, I wanted, you know, something different a little bit and I wanted to get somebody with a fresh perspective and something that we really necessarily haven't seen too much of in Chicago. And I thought that Eberflus was not a guy that I necessarily went out and initially was like, this is the guy that we have to have. I will be perfectly truthful with you. I, I wanted a little Brian Dable. I thought that that was a pretty good, I thought he would have been, uh, I thought he would have been a pretty good option. And so I looked at him, I thought, you know, watching what he was able to do with, um, with Mitch Trubisky last year, I thought that that would have been a pretty, you know, you saw what he did and you're like, okay, we will, um, you know, we'll, we'll be able to like coach up because everything about the coaching situation right now is all about getting the most out of Justin Fields. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, so I think that is the most important thing that is going on. Um, that's really what we wanted to have happen. And so I'm so sorry. I just got an email. Um, uh, <laughs> so it's one of those things where you wanted it, you, you know, the people in charge probably know more than we do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that everybody thinks they know more than Ted Phillips and the McCaskies and everything like that. And everybody's got an opinion, but I thought that they went about it the right way with, with casting a wide net, bringing in some names that not a lot of people are talking about Ryan Poles. You know, I was looking at the, the, the Colts coaching tree and, and a couple of the GM candidates from there. And I thought like, okay, that would have been pretty cool. And then, you know, they brought in Ryan Poles and you're like, okay, I like everything about this. The Kansas city chiefs are a top notch organization. I'm not going to argue with that. And then they brought in Eberflus again, you know, personally, I, um, you know, I wanted to, to go a little bit more offensive minded, but I thought that the way that the staff was constructed and the guys that they brought in, uh, I thought it worked out pretty well. And so I was excited to see what they were going to be able to do and building the, the staff with, with Luke Getze and all that stuff. And I, I, I'm pretty comfortable with it right now. I think that Heading into this offseason, and it's still the offseason, I'm probably more confident in the Bears than I have been in quite some time. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on a lot of that. I, I like the Ryan Poles move. You know, I, I'm not going to pretend that I was a Ryan Poles expert in December, but, you know, read up a lot on him, talked to people, and, you know, got a really good positive vibe there and loved everything he had to say. I love that he's going to have a focus on the offensive line. I think he said a lot of the right things. And with Eberflus, I'm, I'm going to take a wait and see approach. I mean, I, I, I bought in on Matt Nagy and, you know, we see where, where, where that ended up, but uh, with, with Eberflus, I, I do like the get, I do like Getsy. I like grabbing from, from that offensive mindset. I, I think there's a lot yeah. of positives there. I'd like, I would have liked to have seen a couple more experienced assistant coaches on the, you know, that have been around a little bit longer than, than what they did, but, you know, we'll see. I think, for me, my focus was, was the GM. I wanted to make sure we got the GM right, get the guy in there that's going to make the right decisions, you know, build the roster properly. Hopefully a guy that could be here 10, 15 years. And, and I think polls potentially can be that guy. So I, I'm pretty happy with what they did. Um, obviously, Justin Fields, as you said it, this is, you know, Justin Fields is going to make or break, you know, this, this team here moving forward. I don't think that's, you know, anything earth shattering when, when, when I say that, but you know, that, that first year, I don't think there's ever been a quarterback that I can think of 
And when I say an enigma, I don't mean it in, in, in the regard of what Fields' talent is, but just uh, where you see so much flashes of potential. And not just flashes where you see some of the advanced stats where his, his deep ball accuracy, and obviously he, had, he showed the ability with his legs. There were so many positives there. But if you're a box score scout and you're just looking at what field stats were week to week, they were pretty horrendous for, for most games. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 two things, you know, to where his QBR is bad, but this is great and this is bad and this is good. And we did see some potential, some growth throughout the season. We understand what Matt Nagy's offense was. Definitely. He needs to improve on on short passes, things like that. But I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback that had more after a rookie season where less was answered than with Justin Fields. Yeah, that is one of the things that Going into last season, my main goal for the Bears, not necessarily was to win the Super Bowl. I mean, if they would have had a run like the Cincinnati Bengals, I certainly would have been um, would not have been upset about that. But I think that the one thing that we wanted was a definitive answer on Justin Fields, similar to what the Chargers did in their rookie season in Justin Herbert's rookie season, where now the Chargers didn't make the playoffs. They had a coaching change and everything like that. But you knew that Justin Herbert was the guy. And I wanted to make sure that there was no ambiguity, you know, heading into this offseason. But unfortunately, with as bad as Matt Nagy turned out to be, and, and to be completely truthful, I was one of those, I was probably one of the biggest cheerleaders for Matt Nagy out there. I thought like, ah, oh, just give him a chance, give him a chance. Every time, every season, week <laughs> one, I'm like, well, now we're going to get to see it. Like now it's going to make sense. Like even during the preseason when things were not going well, I still kind of dismissed that. Like, well, it's a preseason. You don't want to show, you don't want to show all your cards here. And I just don't think that there is a, a situation that you could have botched harder than Justin Fields' rookie year as a, a the the lone the, the lone thing would be Mitch Trubisky's rookie season with John Fox, <laughs> which was equally as horrible. And so, honestly, I think that what you need to do when you draft a quarterback, and I think that the Jets made a tough decision last year uh, where they got rid of Sam Darnold, even though, like, like, Sam Darnold, new coaching staff, perhaps, but it's like, why, why, are you, why are you tying Robert Sala to this guy? And I do believe, and I know that you can't fire a coach in eight. I mean, I guess you could. I mean, we've seen coaches dismissed at weirder times. Uh, but when, when they made the decision to go to Justin Fields, it almost like in hindsight now it goes, yeah, they should have just reset the whole, the whole operation, or at least Ryan Pace should have. But if Ryan Pace knew he was going to go with the new, I don't know. There's a lot of things that were going on. So I don't, that's the one thing that's the most disappointing is that we're coming into this and I'm hopeful for Justin Fields. I believe that he's going to be a good quarterback, but it's not the, the Justin Herbert, like, yeah, of course he's going to be good. It's more of the Jalen Hurts. Hey, I we're pretty sure he's going to be good. Uh, so it's going to take a little bit of time. And but again, going back to the way that this off this offseason has unfolded, even though they didn't go with the offensive-minded guy that I wanted, and you know, there's never a guarantee. I think Matt Nagy and, and Mark Tressman have shown there's never a guarantee if you go offensive-minded. I do think that this is, uh, I think they're set up for it. And I think we'll be able to get a definitive answer on Justin Fields. Not that he's going to be a pro bowler or an all pro this year, but we, we should hopefully know whether we are heading in the right direction or not. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. And, and, and I agree with you, Dayball. I think 
you know, Josh Allen skill sets, you know, you, they line up a lot with Justin Fields there and, you know, you saw what he's been able to do with Josh Allen. That would have made sense. But again, I'm, I'm happy with this and I don't want to spend too much time on, on last season, but the one thing, and I said this in January of 2021, when George McCaskey basically sat there and said, we're going to fix the quarterback situation and we're going to make the playoffs. And that's basically what Nagy and Pace need to do. They said, well, unless you get Russell Wilson, and I know they tried, they got close to yeah. get there. You're not going to be able to marry those two things together because you're going to draft a quarterback and then try and make the playoffs. And that rarely happened. So it was, it was a flawed process from the start. Pace and Nagy didn't, didn't, certainly didn't help the situation, but George didn't put him in the right position either. But, you know, been talking about that plenty. We don't need to spend too much time on that. Let's, let's move forward here. The, the off season here, the bears roster is an interesting one. They're, are talented players. You know, there's Montgomery, there's Mooney. We, obviously, we all believe in Fields. There's, you know, Roquan and Jalen Johnson. So they've got some pieces. What yeah. they don't have is 22 starters. <laughs> yeah. They've got, you know, they, they don't have a lot of guys on the roster. They have some cap space, but it's not like they've got 90 million to play with either. So what would your strategy be for the Bears here with, this upcoming free agency? Do you want to try and get a couple big guns and try and fill things out with basically a lot of league minimum low-level guys? Or do you want to maybe go for five or six of those seven to 10 million a year guys where you can kind of fill out a more stable roster? Well, I think that, you know, it probably benefits the Bears that guys like Chris Godwin and Mike Williams and those players were kind of locked up. So that, that kind of keeps them from spending too much, if you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, we don't need to... We, we shouldn't be overextended just because you have a credit card in your pocket sometimes doesn't mean you need to go out there and make a purchase. And so I do believe that that could have been an issue. You know, if you start overspending for somebody, especially with Mike Williams, who is somebody that I looked at like, nah, this is going to be too much money. I, I am concerned now if guys like DJ Chark become inflated in value or something like that, I would rather just, try to rebuild the, if, if it was me, and I know this isn't perfect, I would try to build the receiver room out through the, through the draft. I think that the, the receiver crew that we're seeing and we saw at the combine was deep enough and good enough to be able to make a, a, a passable roster and get some young players in there and some fresh perspective. I think that taking a chance on guys like Auden Tate, who's a name that I brought up multiple times, because to me, when I look at, he's like Kirkland version of, of Mike Williams. Like Auden Tate has all, like all the tools that you want. And it was going to take him some time to develop. And he's not going to get that opportunity, obviously, in Cincinnati when you're behind Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, like one of the best receiving rooms in the NFL. And I think that Auden Tate could be one of those guys who emerges. That would be a signing that everybody would make fun of uh, the Bears for. And, you know, we'd get roasted for it for a couple of weeks. And then, you know, he could come out and be a passable NFL player. And I'm not saying that he's going to be a, uh, a number one wide receiver, but somebody who's like, oh, he's, he's making clutch catches, which is what we would need. So I would try to build that through the draft, lower level free agents, and then try to spend, you know, if we do, if, if some of these free agents do become available uh, on the offensive line, try to go after the offensive line that way. And uh, that's the way that I would approach it. All right, before we get to offensive line, since you brought up wide receiver, and, and I'm with you, I think Auden Tate could be, you know, potentially a sneaky good signing. But there's there's one name I've heard a bunch kind of, you know, lightly connected to the Bears at wide receiver, and that's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I'm not a 
huge fan of that idea. I think he's probably going to get overpaid and maybe get 10, 11, 12 million a year. Yeah. I think that's yeah. way too much for a guy who's basically probably going to be your third wide receiver. He's certainly not going to be a top notch, you know, your, your wide receiver one. Where, where, where would you be on signing someone like MVS? I would be opposed to it. I don't want to make that. I don't want to make that move. I don't think that he was a difference maker for that Packers offense. If we were going to take one of their free agents, and I don't know if they ended up re-signing Bob Tunyon or not, there's a guy you're like, I would rather take a chance on him. But I think that I'm hoping people are connecting the dots too much with, you know, oh, MVS played for Getsy. Of course, sure. he should go in there and uh, would be an automatic, an automatic transition. I don't think I honestly don't believe that's going to be the case. I think that's a lot of reporters making, you know, these connections. And I think that Ryan Poles is probably smart enough to be like, yeah, keep doing that. Don't let it don't, we don't need to let everybody know what we're doing. So yeah, make those connections, try to try to draw those parallels. Don't believe it's going to happen. I know that they need to fill out the wide receiver room, but I would rather just, you know, spend in the draft, take a look at some secondary free agents, find some guys, see if we can get a discount. Um, who is like said, Wilson, is also another guy where you're like, you're not bringing him in to be the number one player, but can be a valuable member of your receiving core. And, you know, we haven't even discussed Allen Robinson, who, who knows, you know, maybe he's agreeable. Maybe he's seen all these teams lock up wide receivers. If you look at the good teams, they've all locked up their wide receivers. Like there really isn't much, there are really not many opportunities or places for him to go. If you wanted to go to Buffalo, that makes a lot of sense. But why would you go to Detroit? Like if all things being equal, you might as well stay in Chicago if you're looking at Detroit. And I think we, <laughs> we got, we also benefited from the Packers or not the Packers, but the, uh, the, uh, the Kansas city chiefs hiring Matt Nagy. You're like, well, Allen Robinson's not going there. So uh, <laughs> that was amazing. So I, I let's say that, you know, if I'm dream casting this and we were able to re-sign, convince Allen Robinson to return. So you got him and Mooney, uh, you spend a, a free agent dollar on Auden Tate, maybe somebody like Cedric Wilson, draft a couple of guys. And now we're starting to look at, you know, okay, this could, this could possibly work and try to surround Justin Fields with as many available weapons as possible. So that's really what I'm looking at. And I think because of the free agent market, thankfully, you know, all these guys got locked away, kept us from spending and uh, we'll probably end up being off, probably end up being in better shape because of it. Yeah. Look, and you know, you brought up Alan Robinson. So, so, so let's go there because um, you know, I know you had some fun with, with Twitter on this. You, you sent out a tweet. I don't remember the exact wording, but you said Here's the wording. Like I said, Alan uh, Robinson is still a great receiver. I hope the bears bring him back and not, to, not, to, not the brag or anything, but like Alan Robinson follows me on Twitter. I didn't <laughs> tag him or anything. I just put it out there in the universe and uh, let it be as it may. And Alan Robinson liked it. Yeah. I was like, oh, and look, is Alan Robinson liking it because you said he's a great receiver is Alan Robinson liking it because he's not opposed to going to Chicago back to Chicago. I mean, Robinson, the last couple of years has been very consistent in how much he enjoys the city of Chicago, you know, so his foundation, a lot of, he's done a lot of stuff there. 
I do think he's truthful when he says he does like the idea of staying in Chicago, but obviously we know how Ryan Pace handled his, his contract extension and the tagging, how Matt Nagy utilized him. Look, I do think Allen Robinson, I don't want to say he tanked the season, but I certainly don't think his heart was in it last year. I think there's, there's a lot of tape that kind of says that, but at the same time, he is a talented receiver and, you know, he has, you know, he can be that guy that Justin Fields can utilize that he doesn't need to be technically open and, and Fields can find him. I'd, I'd love to keep him around, especially if he's got a renewed interest in the Bears with Pace and Nagy gone. Yeah. Because he's really, to me, the only guy. I love Darnell Mooney as a second wide receiver. I don't love Darnell Mooney if he's your top guy. If he's your yeah. second guy, I think he's fantastic. Allen Robinson to me is really the only path they have to getting a top wide receiver. And I think a lot of bears fans and myself included have just kind of assumed that he was going to leave, but you know, perhaps that door is open with a new regime. Yeah, I hope so. And I I think that he's smart enough to realize that I also, I made the joke the other night with Brian Perez in that, you know, he loves the bulls. Like he loves basketball. And I think that we should start use the start using the Bulls to help recruit him. Be like, hey, like the Bulls are good again. You don't want to be leaving Chicago now. So <laughs> I think that it, it would be important to uh, for him to to return. So I'm still hopeful, and I still, yeah, I know that um, I was complimenting him. So it probably he might not have read the whole thing when he hit before he hit like. <laughs> But at the same time, like he's responsive and I, you know, and I keep saying this on my show and I will say this here, like stop being jerks on Twitter. I will tell you this. I uh, have had pleasant interactions. Alex Brown, you know, former player, obviously being one of them. The first time I ever met Kyle Long, he walked into our, uh, our locker room at the NFL network and I saw him and I kind of stopped and he goes, Hey Adam. And I'll go. And I just was like kind of stunned at first. He goes, yeah, I know who you are. And I know that he had followed me on Twitter. As a matter of fact, one time, one of my favorite interactions with Kyle Long was he, out of the blue, just hit me up. He's like, hey, you know, uh, my girlfriend's never seen any of the Star Wars movies. Which, which one is the first one that she should, she should see? And we talked about that. For, I'm like, okay, so I'm Kyle Long's Star Wars guy. I started, you know, but he, he told me, these players, like, he's like, we noticed, like, I, he's like, I would notice your positivity after games. And I know that Akeem Hicks, uh, Danny Trevathan one time had like mentioned me like, Hey, we're square. Cause I, I remember, cause I was one of the more vocal guys defending him Trevathan when he hit Devonte Adams. Cause I'm like, did nobody realize that Devonte Adams was like struggling for more yards and lowered his head. Like Trevathan was it like, if the bears did not tackle him, in that play and he get, and he squirts into the end zone like that's brought up for generations that becomes a new chris conti type play so <laughs> i i never had a problem and i i sat with a packers fan like that was the most disgusting play i've ever seen in my life i'm like really i know you're 12 but uh do you want me to pull out the charles martin oh like, my no, god like that you, is like, i think the dirtiest play in nfl history so don't ever like anytime some Packers fan whines about anything like that. I was like, you know what? You shut up. You cannot say, if you want to say it's the second dirtiest hit you've ever seen fine, but it is not the dirtiest one you've ever hit. And if, if you've never seen this one, I will be unhappy to show it to you. 
But at the same time, I do know that, and I'm not suggesting that everybody needs to be a cheerleader. I don't suggest that everybody needs to be like the rah-rah. You can be critical. You can be upset. You can be frustrated. Don't be a dick about it. I think is my biggest takeaway. It's like, you can be like, yeah, we're fans. We can be irrational with stuff. But it's like, these are still human beings. So I'm not saying that we're going to push Allen Robinson out the door or, or upset him enough to sign with Green Bay or something like that. But like, still be mindful that these are human beings. So uh, give them a break if you possibly can. Yeah, and, and you, you brought up the, the the late hit on Jim McMahon, which is just, uh, I like I said, I think it's the dirtiest hit in NFL history. If you want another one, just uh, search on YouTube for Matt Suey. And if you're a younger Bears fan, S-U-H-E-Y Packers. Just put that in there and you'll see Ken Stills of the Packers level Matt Suey like five seconds after the whistle. Just comes into the screen and Matt Suey just gets flattened. So that's that's the way the Packers used to play. So yeah, if uh, if they want to say the Bears are dirty, just make sure you bring those up. But uh, you know, I also want to get in the offensive line with you because you know Paul said that that was going to be a, a key focal point of kind of molding that offensive line, which we all know Justin Fields needs to stay upright. You know, I, I think it's it's kind of an, an interesting situation. James Daniels is a free agent. I think a lot of Bears fans want him to stay, and I get that he was probably yeah. the Bears' best player or best offensive lineman last year. But at the same time, I keep going to the point that you know when a new GM comes in, they really want to put their stamp on the roster and make it their roster and not just play with Ryan Pace's roster. And when Poles says that offensive line is a, a focal point, I have a hard time seeing a general manager's first move being to re-sign one of the previous GM's guys, especially on an offensive line that was shaky. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's just a, a belief of mine. But I do think they're going to make a couple moves in free agency to shore up that offensive line. I think Cody Whitehair's here for at least one more year. It doesn't make a lot of sense financially to cut him. We know we've got that Jenkins is going to have every opportunity to, to develop into a key spot on this offensive line. Borum, you know, we'll see if he if he develops into something, you know, pretty couple pretty good games last year. Kind of what kind of direction do you think polls might go with the offensive line here next week? So I really do believe that James Daniels will return. I think if you look All at right. the film, if you, I think if you look at the film, I understand what you're talking about. But when you look at the film, like he's a pretty athletic guy, kind of what Ryan Poles was talking about like athletic. I really do believe that the biggest disservice to this entire offensive line has been how much they've moved them around. And Cody Whitehair, James Daniels, these guys have had to play out of position. They've been shuffled around. I would even contend that Kyle Long was played out of position as well. What we're going to see with this new regime is somebody who comes in and knows what they're doing. They're going to have a, a, a set offensive line. These guys are going to know the positions. Uh, I think that Jenkins and Borum, both of those guys project to being NFL starting offensive linemen. The key will be to finding what spot suits them the best. And again, going back to a GM and an assistant GM who know what they're doing. And not that I don't want to take too many shots at Ryan Pace, but I think more along the lines of the coaching staff and like, okay, this is now how we're going to get it. We're going to get it. You know, these guys in shape, they're going to be mobile. They're going to be athletic. They're going to be nasty. We also, I think that's a huge issue as well. You know, I think Ryan Poles came out here and was without defending 
Tevin Jenkins was defending him. And I think we're going to see more Tevin Jenkins, less Effetis and passive guys. We're going to let their, let their uh, quarterback get knocked around. I want to be that type of team that if, if we do make penalties, and I know that we saw Matt Nagy-led squads make terrible penalties, but the penalties are going to be more of like we're protecting our guys, not like we're just idiots. So I think that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to the most, and I think that's going to be a change that we see on the offensive line, and I do believe that James Daniels can fit into that mode. All right. What about any guys, you know, outside that they, they might bring in if we kind of go with a couple of the more marquee offensive linemen out there? I mean, center, I think, is unless they move someone like Daniels in and decide to keep him there. But, you know, center is obviously a position, uh, you know, tackle, you know, we've heard a little bit, maybe Borum bounces inside, maybe tackle is a is a position as well. Would, you know, a, a Ryan Kelly or a Teron Armstead would, you know, obviously you're gonna have to spend more to get those guys Would when anyone like that interests you. I think Armstead is the one to me who stands out the most. And I know a lot of people look at the price tag and they kind of hesitate because, because how, how expensive he would be, but he's only leaving because the saints somehow managed to miss, uh, misuse their, their salary cap, so to speak. And honestly, if Sean Payton was there, they probably would find a way around it. I think that they understand that the, this, the Saints organization right now is going to need to rebuild. Dennis Allen is stuck with who it, who it, Taysom Hill at quarterback right now. So it probably doesn't make a lot of sense for them to, to be investing a lot of money when they can kind of get out of their salary cap situation, understand it's going to be a lean couple of years, give Dennis Allen, uh, you know, some help in the future, not necessarily right now. I really do hope that if the bears are going to, are going to spend that th this would be a guy to spend on. I think that he would be worth it. And so I'm not anticipating that happening, but I do believe that that would be a, a good way to go. Cause again, it just feels like you're going to be able to rebuild your offensive receiving room through the draft. And let's just take the, let's just take the uh, salary cap savings that we have. And I know that we have a bunch of guys that we need to fix and, and get in here and, and, and things of that nature. But at the same time, I think the Packers have proven that the salary cap is kind of a myth anyways. So uh, let's just go out and uh, let's go out and spend some money on the offensive line. <laughs> All right. And um, last one for you. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. Be curious how they, they spend there. Obviously, you know, switching to a four, three, we know it's going to be mostly nickel anyway. So it's kind of a little overrated. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got obviously Quinn and Mac are going to be on the outside, maybe blacks and maybe they bring back nickels. Maybe they do something wild to bring back Hicks. I would expect Roquan to move to Will, Maybe. then probably do you know some low-level guys to fill out that linebacking core. But to me, the interesting point is secondary because they need to improve that secondary. They can't just do it in the draft. They need someone opposite Jalen Johnson. You know, Thomas Graham, I like more as a nickel. Maybe they try him outside. I'm not sure. I think he's got the potential to be an NFL starter. But they yeah. they they need someone opposite Eddie Jackson at safety, and they need another good cornerback uh, if they're going to have any chance at stopping some of these passing attacks. Do we? I mean, I like Thomas Graham and I do like the op. I do like the idea of him being the slot corner. And I believe that slot corner is probably one of the most important positions in the NFL right now. And so I think you're you, two out of the three corners that you need. We've got 
I think with the bookends with Khalil Mack, Bobby Quinn coming into this defense that Eberflus is going to roll out this season, he hasn't had pass rushers like these guys. And we could honestly really see this defense, at least pressure-wise, be a lot, a lot better. And if you can get pressure on the quarterback, you can make some of these other guys in the secondary a little bit better. The Bengals went to the Super Bowl with Eli Apple. So I look at this and I'm like, you know what? How much do we really need to spend on cornerback? Because now we see guys like Tyron Matthew is going to be available. J.C. Jackson going to be available. And the Chicago Bears mindset, or at least the mindset of fans, is always, let's go spend on these guys. Let's get that killer. Like, no, enough. We, we've done that. That is not, that is netted one Super Bowl in 1985. <laughs> F the defense. Who cares? Put whoever back there. I Let's go outscore a team for a change. I don't want to sit here and have to hold on to a 17-13 a win or, or something like that. Like, let's be explosive. Let's go out there and put some points on the board. And it's, you know, the, the, no, the notion that because you're a cold-weather team, you got to play good defense. Like, well, the Packers, even though they've only won, well, they've just won two Super Bowls in that 1985 time frame, you know, they, they still are good offensively. You can still throw the ball, even though the weather sucks, you're going to need to run it. Uh, you're going to need a quarterback that doesn't choke. So that's going to be important. But, and I know that that's something that the Packers have not had over the last 10, 15 years. I would say that, you know, we'll figure it out. Like it, ah, we'll figure it out. Like it's whatever. Like it, it's one of those things that you're leaving. Uh, you're going to the movies. And you're like, okay, we're, we're not going to, I'm not going to fill my pockets full of uh, Sour Patch kids right now at home. I'll figure it out when I get there. And I think that's the <laughs> approach we got to take with the defense. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We've already got a pretty good established, like you look at the players that we have. I think it's most important to have one playmaker at every level. One playmaker at every level. And so we've got two on the defensive line. We obviously have Roquan Smith. We've got two playmakers or at least one playmaker in the secondary. Like, okay, let's build from there. And I think that's one of the approaches the Rams made is that they just, I mean, obviously Aaron Donald got a lot of the, the headlines and everything like Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Von Miller. That's what they did. They had one stud at every level. And I think that's what the, uh, the Bears should be looking at. So again, we'll figure it out. Whenever one of these guys cuts loose, you're like, oh, Van Noy's available. Like, stop it. Bobby <laughs> Wagner. Nope. Bobby Wagner is going to go play for a winner. Okay. Like, it's fun to be like, oh, Bobby Wagner would look great next to Roquan's. But yeah, he, he really would. There's yeah, no reason to try and win a Super Bowl. Yeah. There's no, there's no need to spend for that, though. Yeah. You got to let him go to Kansas City or Denver or wherever he's going to end up and go out there and chase a title because it's not going to be in Chicago, at least not this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you for the most part. I agree. absolutely the spending should be on the offensive side of the ball, and I don't think they're going to spend much on D-line or linebacker. There's always a good safety that you can find. You can find a good safety in May. Like, they're yeah. just always seemingly available. But, you know, I do want them to, to try and have some level of corner that's not Kindle Vildor just giving out automatic first downs or Artie Burns or whoever it might be. So I'd like to see a yeah. little. Yeah. All right, that's fair. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, there he is. Adam rank at Adam rank uh, on Twitter, NFL network, fantasy football. And of course the sick podcast with Adam rank, Adam, thanks so much for so much time. Really enjoyed it. Talk to you soon.
Hey, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Uh, glad we are finally able to get together and do this. And uh, let's not be, let's not let so much time pass in the meantime. Pass in the meantime. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. There he is. Adam Rank from NFL Network. And of course, as I mentioned, the, the sick podcast with Adam Rank, you check it out. Uh, just go to his Twitter uh, profile page at Adam Rank and you can check out the link right there to the YouTube content. So good chat with Adam, a lot of good things to, had a lot of good things to say, but a little distracted here because of some news that has just broken. So, uh, you know, peel back the curtain here a little bit, pull pull it back. Adam and I recorded this this morning, and I'm uh, changing up here the conclusion of this podcast as we speak here because there is some news that has broken, and that is that Khalil Mack is no longer a member of the Chicago Bears. He is on his way to the LA Chargers. And in return, the Bears receive a second round pick this year and a sixth round pick next year. And, and let me tell you, you know, that was the 2018, that trade was exciting. It was fun. It breathed life into the franchise, into the organization. And that life rode them all the way to a great record and, and a playoff appearance. And I will always be grateful that, for, for that. And I am disappointed that Mac is no longer a member of the Bears. I do get it. This is a new regime. They are going to try and reload the offense. They need more uh, finances on the offense. They're not going to get much this year. They're only going to get about five, six million this year in cap relief. The cap relief comes in 2023. But I am just disappointed in the return. And, and there's no other way about it. I just can't wrap my head uh, around this kind of return. And I get it that Khalil Mack has, has a big contract. Now, they, they they might be able to extend him, restructure that a little bit. They can probably bring that cap number down uh, in, in Los Angeles. But from the Bears' perspective, you're getting a future sixth-round pick, which is borderline useless. Six-round picks to me are lottery picks. To me, the draft really ends after five rounds. You can find guys in the fifth round You rarely find guys in the sixth round. I know Khalil Herbert. I know there have been guys. I'm not saying it's impossible, but you don't find, there's not a lot of success with sixth round picks. Second round pick in this draft, this is, you know, they they have a potential now. They could draft an edge rusher. It's a deep edge class. Wide receiver we know is a massive need. They now sit there with two second round picks. So I understand all the value in that second round pick. But to me, If you can't get a first-round pick for Khalil Mack, then you need to get first-round value. And what I mean by that is the collection of picks that will equal a a first-round pick. Like if you're you're one that, you know, knows about the draft point system that a lot of these teams use and how to calculate the value of first-round picks, you need like a mid-first-round pick in terms of value. So that second-round pick, you're probably going to need a third-round pick, and you're going to need a future pick as well. So if you got a two and a three and like a 2023 four or five or maybe a pick upgrade where the Bears send a six and the Chargers send a five, something like that, that's what you need for Khalil Mack. What the Bears got to me is, is not enough. I am, you know, I am a fan of the the signing of Ryan Poles as the new GM, but I am not a fan of his first pick. That is a a huge move to make out of the gate. I like I said, I understand the business of football. I get it all, but I just can't endorse that kind of return. 
I get Khalil Mack is over 30. I get Khalil Mack has been injured. And to me, if that's the best you can do for Khalil Mack, then you keep Khalil Mack. That's the big thing for me. You just don't move him for the sake of moving him. So what does this mean moving forward? All right, well, Travis Gibson obviously is going to be starting unless they make a move at edge, which would be really strange to trade Khalil Mack and then go sign an edge. But to me, they're going to move Travis Gibson into the starting lineup. I think they're probably going to keep Robert Quinn now at this point. And then you're going to see cap space open up massively, not this year, but next year. So what this move tells me, and I could be wrong, what this move tells me is, you know, I mentioned Teron Armstead earlier in this podcast. That's not going to make a lot of sense because the Bears, I don't think, are going to be signing 30-year-old players right now. I think this move probably shows that the Bears are going to make moves for younger players, you know, in that 26, 27 range coming out of those rookie contracts. They're going to go for a lot of mid-tier guys. They're not going to break the bank. And what they're going to do is set themselves up with a lot of open cap space in 2023. Fields will be going into his third year for a lot of young quarterbacks. That's the year where they really come into their own. And the Bears are going to have a lot of money to put around Justin Fields. And hopefully, you know, this year will be a little bit of a rebuilding. And 2023 is the year where the Bears can really make a move and run with the Packers and try and win the NFC North. I understand the thought process. I get it. I just don't think the return is enough for Khalil Mack. So we'll see what they do about this in free agency next week. They've got, you know, potentially uh, another hole to fill because they don't have quite as much depth at uh, edge that we previously thought they did. So that's going to do it for Bears Banter. We'll talk to you when the dust settles after free agency. Bear down, everybody. Adios. Adios.